Hello and welcome to The Fandamentalist, the fandom podcast investigating all aspects of geeky media. Sorry, did I hit my head and wake up in patriarchal bullshit land? Don't put me in charge! It certainly worries me to make self-defeating mistakes out of fear of appearing weak. You were right. We are from different worlds. That is a failing indeed, but I cannot laugh at it. Welcome to the I Disappoint Dad Club. The theme song you just heard is Good Riddance by R. Stoner, available on the Free Music Archive. My name is Kylie, and here with me are Gretchen. Hello. And Julia. Hey. The three of us write for thefandamentals.com, the website for all fundamentally sound fandom analysis. That's right. All of it. We claimed it all. So be sure to check us out. On this podcast, we talk about general fandom things. And uh, guys, I'm super, super burned out on fandom right now. Yes. (laughs) I think that was... Same. I think that was our like whole theme, right? Right. Yeah. We were trying to think of we're what to tired. talk about, and we were like, "Can we not talk about yeah. fandom for a while?" Yeah, we just spent like an hour before we recorded just complaining <laughs> about various fandoms. So. Yeah, like th- there's been some drama that we'll talk about in our news segment, but mm-hmm. instead, we are going to do a wish fulfillment fundamentalist for you. So we are going to be talking about uh, what cinematic universe we would like to see or pitch it if we have it that formulated our fun segment this is all fun so whatever but it's just pick one piece of media or franchise franchise to jettison off the face of this earth and it can't be game of thrones (laughs) (laughs) and the last segment is pick one underutilized character to frontline or give a spinoff and it can't be a samisato So, yeah, that's that's what we got lined up for today. Uh, Gretchen, do we have anyone we have to shout out for? I don't believe so. But, yeah, thanks for all of the subscribers that already exist. And if you're interested, yeah, you can subscribe to Fantamentals Plus. We have some really cool content available. Yeah, it's going so uh, well, like even better than we hoped. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, like I spent all day putting together a video on why I love Stephen Sondheim. So if you want to see that wonderful piece of art, which I'm sure you do, it includes a a montage of me getting like mailing something at the merchandise mart. <laughs> then you should subscribe to us. It is three dollars a month. It goes very very far to making our site sustainable, and you get some exclusive uh, Fundamentals Plus only content as well as a discount on the store. So yeah, good stuff. Check it out. And and like Gretchen said, we definitely appreciate all the subscribers that we have. To start off, before we dive into our wish fulfillment, we are going to begin with fandom news. And I can't believe... Are there any wishes fulfilled in this news? (laughs) Oh, God. So remember last episode how we were talking about Batwoman casting? And I was like, hey, it's really interesting that no one gives a shit about the Jewish aspect. And, Mm -hmm. And I mentioned like, you know, Ruby Rose is being fan cast. Well, Ruby Rose was real cast as Batwoman. Yep. Uh, which I have, I have some mixed feelings on. Probably my strongest feeling is that it's always more the writing than the acting anyway. But right. like, you know, I kind of wish Batwoman's Jewishness had been mentioned at some point. This casting is in the latest of a pattern of Kate's Jewishness still being absent relating to the show. So we should probably, you know, 
raise that. And uh, there's even a hashtag, keep Kate Jewish, all that. However, uh, <laughs> other people reacted to the Ruby Rose Cax thing with like, she, they, I'm sorry, what are Ruby Rose's preferred pronouns? I believe that she uses she pronouns. Okay. So there is a lot of she is not enough of a lesbian. She's too, too much, much of, a lesbian. of a lesbian. She is too well liked by straight people. She's uh, not she liked can't by act. straight people enough. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like to be fair, I don't really, I haven't seen any evidence of a great range of Ruby Rose, but I'm more than willing to be proven wrong. Uh, she received the best amount of praise, from what I understand, for the one role where she didn't speak. So that's that's where all the like shots of her holding a gun come from. Ah, I mean that bodes well if you can give a really good performance without speaking. That does bode well for you as an actor. But well, like I hate I hate to be an <laughs> asshole. It's just uh, there are some very excellent actors in the Arrowverse. I don't want to say there aren't, but I don't think it's like known for amazing acting abilities. No, no. Like these shows are a little bit campy, and they can be, you know. So right. you don't you need know, to I- be like stellar we're not looking for like oscar worthy performance i'm like if they're competent that's fine yeah exactly you know smallville is one of my favorite shows ever and that did not have good acting by any stretch of the imagination right uh and that's another cw superhero show which is why i bring it up but yeah basically what happened was that people immediately began attacking this ruby rose casting just from all sides and then what it seemed to me latched onto she's not Jewish as like a solid piece of criticism, why it's problematic, and then began just shouting about how it was anti-Semitic that she was cast, mm-hmm. uh, which it's not. <laughs> like, and like we don't even know she's not Jewish. <laughs> well, and the one thing to remember is that is uh, another one of those pieces of information that they legally cannot ask about. Yep. Yeah. Like, they legally cannot put out a casting call for someone's ethnicity, nor can they ask them about their ethnicity in yeah. interviews. So, like, even if they were looking yeah. for a Jewish actor, they could not ask someone, are, you, are Jewish? you Jewish? Basically, they cannot stop an actor from disclosing, and they could choose to prioritize that if that's, like, super, super of interest. But in my mind, like, no, this isn't anti-Semitic. No. Right? This is casting. And they're actually casting someone who has a relatively good reputation in Hollywood so that they could have, you know, the main character be a lesbian. Right, right. Like, I don't I don't know. So I'm, I'm not exactly like over the moon about this casting choice for other reasons. But like, okay, this is what it is. Yeah. What I don't like is that very quickly I'm seeing mostly goys taking up the cause of Ruby Rose isn't Jewish, which like... You don't seem to care if Kate's Jewish. We've been we've been worrying about this from day one, mm-hmm. right? But only now you suddenly care about the Jewish thing. Weird. Uh, <laughs> and they harassed Ruby Rose and everyone involved to the point where Ruby Rose left Twitter. So yeah, yeah. And there was a lot oh, of harass- chasing people off Twitter. <laughs> right. There was a lot of harassment around her identity as well. Mm-hmm. There were people who were saying that she's not a real lesbian because she oh identifies God. as gender fluid, and that was another like angle of attack was. You said you'd cast a lesbian and you didn't cast a lesbian because she's gender fluid, so she can't be a lesbian. And it's, well, and it's fuck bullshit. off, turfs. Like, I'm yeah, sorry. bullshit. bullshit. I don't give a shit. But yeah, like harassing people off Twitter really is one of those things that always bothers me. What bothers me about this situation is this is honestly not really all that different from the kind of thing that we saw with Star Wars fandom. 
Yeah. No. With, like, Daisy Ridley and Kelly Marie Tran were both harassed off of social media for people saying, well, I'm sure they're a great person. I just don't like this character. Or, like, I'm sure they're a great person. I just think they're a shitty actor. Like, it's very, very similar behavior and a very similar reaction. And I just think that, um, especially since most of the harassment towards Ruby Rose was coming from uh, queer women... Mm-hmm. is yep. um so it's people who are it's women who are queer attacking another queer woman and driving her off twitter and i think that's bullshit i think that's fucked up i think we shouldn't be doing that to our own community right like as a batwoman fan i have a lot of concerns about this show but as a queer woman this is the first tv show that is going to have the titular character be a lesbian who is being played by a lesbian who is also visibly queer looking and i think that that mm-hmm. is a huge big fucking milestone yeah, it really is. So I'm rooting for the show to be watchable, even yes. if I'm not sure I'll necessarily be watching my understanding of Kate Kane based on right. the comics. Uh, but really, the, the biggest surprise to me out of all of this is that suddenly people care about Batwoman. Because, hey, guys, <laughs> where were you? Her fucking comic book run just got canceled. Maybe all these devoted fans who were so in love with her character and her Jewishness that they had to bully Ruby Rose offline could, like, have bought a fucking comic book. <laughs> I have feelings. It's true, though. Yeah, I was really, really disappointed to find out that her comic run was canceled because it was being written. It was being written by a queer woman. And I think that, again, that's one of those things that's such a big milestone. And now we don't get it anymore because people aren't supporting it. I, oh, I hey. don't think Marguerite Bennett is not Jewish, but she did the most amount of research possible. And like, there's mm-hmm. so much authenticity in what she was writing. It's perfect. She is like a c- case study for what you do when you're writing someone of a background that you are not. And it, it fucking kills me that she got canceled, that she only got 18 issues in. I right. hate it. Oh, oh man, that God. final issue, like there were definitely like the the last couple of pages where I was like, Marguerite Bennett gets it. This is one of the most Jewish things I've ever read. It was amazing. <laughs> it was so good. Yeah. Anyway, uh, basically. Yeah, speaking uh, of queer people on, on TV. <laughs> so, yes, uh, the queer fandom did not have uh, the easiest last two weeks because there is also a case. So Voltron which is created by many of the people behind uh, Avatar The Last Airbender and Legend of Korra, not exactly the same uh, team. And then also animated by the same studio, Studio Mir. Um, Voltron at Comic-Con revealed that Shiro, I believe, is gay. And the Voltron episodes were all released on Netflix. They're kind of dumped on at the same time Mm because it's Netflix. And we find out that Shiro, I think it's Shiro. I hope I'm not getting this wrong. Was gay. It's the team leader was gay uh, through flashbacks with his boyfriend, Adam. And uh, Adam ends up dying. Uh, That's part of the tragic backstory. Yes. It's, it actually is literally a tragic backstory for Shiro. And, you know, Voltron's team had really promised this representation at Comic-Con. So Shiro is out now. Like, that is a thing. That's on the show. Uh, That's a pretty big milestone for the show. But, you know, again, it's kind of a case of bury your gaze. It was this tragic backstory. They used this trope. Uh, the, The reason they said they used this trope is that they felt it serviced him better. Uh, the fandom reacted pretty upset because, you know, bury your gaze. Uh, and then the responses of the voice actors who were having to answer for this, which is always yeah. a fucked up position, was like, 
basically just liking these really wanky posts by people who were defending it. And then they had like some of the world's worst messages that were like, uh, guys, this has always been about war and sacrifice. Like, mm. okay. So, and it's not really a show that they kill a lot of characters on, so it does no. seem unusual that they would have like an on-screen death in this way. Yeah, I I completely agree with that. Like, <laughs> was it probably necessary to kill Adam? I'm guessing no. I don't watch the show. I don't, and none of us watch the show, so we don't have the full context. At the same time, like. You know, this was told in flashbacks. It's pretty clear Adam's not around anymore. So is it the world's worst vehicle or the most egregious exploitation of gay tragedy? Like, I don't really think so either, but I would have to see it in context. I think what it is is a case of the Voltron team overhyping, you know, what they were going to be delivering on, promising something else. And then unfortunately with Netflix style, it's not even like you have you know, a bunch of weeks getting to know and love Adam and like, okay, like it's, it's tragic, but at least we had time. It's like all at once you could binge it. Right. Right. But, right. And maybe they re- reacted the, after the fact reaction might have been, could have been different, could have been less, uh, they could have more effectively communicated that they didn't realize people were going to be so upset rather than just being kind of wanky about it. Yeah, but the showrunner ended up like putting out this message, which was basically saying, here's why we felt this narratively made sense. And it actually included almost verbatim what some hundred writers had said about Klexa, <laughs> where it's like, well, we knew about the Barry the Gays trope, but we felt this wasn't an example of it. And it's like, well, <laughs> strictly speaking, Barry your gaze is a neutral trope in that yeah. it just merely describes killing a, a queer character because that's so common. But the issue is that there's such an ugly history tied to Barrier Gaze where it becomes the standard for queer characters to never have happy endings. Mm -hmm. So really, maybe Adam could have just gone off in a different way. You wanted him to sacrifice, like, okay. But I don't know. I I just feel like it was kind of bungled from the start with the messaging surrounding it and with what they expected from the uh, audience. Right. Yeah, that's fair. I think that's a fair reaction. Because to them, it was like, cool, we're being progressive. He's gay now. (laughs) (laughs) And he must suffer. Yeah. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens out of it. It was, you know, people bullying the voice actors or, like, interrupting Adventure Time panels to, like, ask other voice actors about this. Like, it's just like, don't do that. (laughs) That's so bad. Okay, let's talk about more things that will piss us off. Let's let's, let's just let's <laughs> just run down a list, right? Uh, yeah. This is less like pissing me off, as I just think it's weird um, <laughs> that Tessa Thompson is going to be playing Lady in Justin Thoreau's like live action adaptation of Lady and the Tramp. Like, right, because he, he's going to be Tramp, so like that's fine. <laughs> like I um, like there's one part of me that's like, yay, make money doing something that doesn't matter because you get it, girl, and I'm super excited to see, like, people who I think are really interesting getting roles. But also there's another part of me that's like, really? Like, you can do better than <laughs> a live-action adaptation of Lady and the Tramp that I don't think anyone actually wanted. Um, but mostly I fall down on the side of, like, eh, good for her. She'll be making money, I guess. Which is good for her. Yeah. I like Tessa Thompson. She deserves yeah. money. <laughs> Speaking of people who I don't think deserve money, <laughs> Damon Lindelof uh, has a Watchmen TV series that got ordered to HBO, and okay. I'm just perma mad at Damon Lindelof for Lost. Over it. Bo and Katie can at me all they want. I don't care. 
Okay. Yeah, good things. I guess the Star Wars Resistance trailer drops. That's cool. Okay. Yeah, I only really put it on the list because in the little description on YouTube, it says, take to the skies. And it reminded me of uh, Barry Zuckerman from uh, Arrested Development with take to the sea. (laughs) (laughs) Barry Zuckercorn. Yes. That's great. Uh, also, Marvel's Iron Fist season two trailer dropped. More how, trailer How drops. is it getting a season two? I don't know. It sucks so much. So did much. it do well? Yeah, it did. It did. Yeah. I, I, I just, I don't get it. What's wrong with the world? Yeah. Well, some things are right with the world. For instance, Birds of Prey is rumored to be looking for a biracial black canary or uh, Dinah. And that is cool because there's no reason that she has to be white. Right. Even though she historically has been in the comics. So, Excellent. Yeah. I hope they follow through on that. Right? Yeah. Uh, oh, Disney's live action Mulan has a promo picture with Liu Yifi as uh, Mulan. And she is holding a sword and looks, you know. Awesome. Yeah. I, I see nothing wrong with this. Uh, I, I don't know a ton about her other than she was in a Jackie Chan movie once and he said she's really good with stunts so that'll be awesome i hope she does her own stunts that'll be really exciting yeah i think that would be really cool and she definitely has experience with like um sword fighting so we'll yeah. see we'll see isn't this the one that they scrapped the singing from though am i just making I think shit up so what no be a man well because the, isn't there well there's another there's another mulan ish or mulan adjacent adaptation i can't remember made. And I can't remember. Yeah, with that with one of our favorite directors from Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah, it's like Sony is doing one of them, and Disney's doing the other, and one of them has no singing and is no homoing, uh, Shang. So, right, I don't, I don't know. Right, we'll I, th- I think we'll it's this one. This because this one also has the white guy, or no, that's Aladdin. Sorry, that's a yeah, that's wait, Aladdin. They added a Aladdin white guy. Has to a white guy. A, yeah, they added like a white guy to Aladdin to play one to play like a prince suitor i think for jasmine and it's dumb uh actually this this segues nicely into the dora the explorer movie of all things uh because she is a now high school dora and she has a white love interest named randy what also also can we never use randy as a character name ever again that would be great (laughs) remember when they did rugrats in middle school yeah why I do they do things that. like that? They even did a Phineas and Furball grown-up episode. Oh my god, well, it was so bad. Well, this is a live-action Dora, and it's a movie. Is it in Spanish? Okay, but who? Okay, what I want to know no. is who is their target audience? Like people who girls? watch Dora when they're little kids, and now they're big. Yeah, I think it's like a little younger than us. Okay, like because <laughs> she's in high school, so their target audience is usually high schoolers. When that's the case, right? Yeah. So yeah, it's got to be like girls who grow up watching Dora. No, I don't or remember maybe- watching any movies with high schoolers when I was in high school. Like maybe not another teen movie. Maybe middle schoolers. I don't even yeah. know. But she's got um, Randy the love interest. Now. I'm sorry. I really. I just mean, hate maybe the she had Randy. to leave Puerto Rico because of like how shit it is, and now she lives in Florida, so she has a white love interest. I don't know. Diego, uh, her cousin, is going to be in it too. Okay. So everyone who's I re- I really hope they have a CGI like talking backpack. <laughs> Oh, I hope. I, feel like I hope Boots the Monkey is there at least. Yeah. All I can think of is the uh, college humor live action trailer for this, where there's like explosions going on. <laughs> yes. She's like tied swiping. to a chair. <laughs> and then like Diego's like, "Look, swipers behind you!" And she's like, "Where? Right there!" And then she just turns to the camera. Can you see swiper? 
Swiper, no swiping. Swiper, no swiping. Oh, man. Swiper, you fox. Yeah, it's great. Watch watch the college humor trailer for Dora the Explorer. It's really uh. funny. All right, to close things out, there is going to be a movie coming on Facebook Watch, which I don't even know what that is. What? Yeah. But it's called Sorry for Your Loss, and it stars Elizabeth Olsen and Kelly Marie Tran as sisters. But how is that possible, Kylie? Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> My God. Multiple different ways that that is possible. So many ways. I don't but understand. I... I I'm actually kind of more into Elizabeth Olsen after Infinity War than I was. Oh, so. she was definitely like one of the best parts of that movie. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm looking forward to this. I don't know what Facebook Watch is. I would rather <laughs> not be on Facebook more, but okay. <laughs> Fair. I agree. Yeah. But yeah, cool stuff. Uh, sorry that we got a little mad at the beginning part of this news, but this is exactly why we are going to have a nice fluffy fan service rest of the uh rest of the episode so with that we will transition into our first segment uh, pitch your cinematic universe so full confession this segment was totally my idea because i've been thinking a lot about um merchandising and franchise potential (laughs) and things that I like Uh, and actually this started with our LML podcast that we did when I was just like why isn't there a Greek myths like cinematic Mm. universe yet Uh, but I want to hear your guys's opinions first so Julia okay so nobody will be shocked Jane Austen cinematic universe what yeah, so like Colonel Brandon and like Colonel Fitzwilliam could be like be in the same regiment. They could be buds, and like the baby that Colonel Brandon's like ward had with Willoughby, she can grow up to be Emma uh, to be uh, Harriet Smith. Ooh, yeah, oh my God. and like because like you know like Sense and Sensibility takes place quite a bit like before stuff, right? So like, mm. why not? And and like you could have like a party in London with like Willoughby and his fiance, and like the Bingleys are also there. Why not? So are these going to be movies or are you pitching me like a mini series universe? No, it's like movies, but like you have them coming up and you're like, hmm. you know, like, like, like Harriet Smith, like writes a letter home and it's like, dear Colonel Brandon, my sort of grandfather. Like, you know, like, why not? Okay. <laughs> there's, so, I, I think there's a market for Jane Austen inspired movies, given how many fucking Pride and Prejudices there's been. Yeah. And if you want to know about every single one ever made, I wrote a piece on it. It's true. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. My concern is how expansive this might be, but there's always younger generations that we can get into, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay. This sounds like a solid business pitch. There's mm-hmm. there's people that would be into this. I mean, it's only six movies. Like seven if you really want to do Lady Susan. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, but like... And Love and th- Friendship. Look, here's the thing about cinematic universes. They're supposed to go on forever and ever and just turn out money until the company's dead. So hmm. you need to start thinking of some Austin fanfic. I mean, you can do Death Comes to Pemberley. And like, instead so, like, of... full on AU? Yeah, instead of Denny dying, it can be like somebody else. Like, I don't know. Hmm. Tom, uh, what's his face from Mansfield Park, maybe. I think you're going to have to like... <laughs> I was just thinking, and then like if you want, like you can add like the Brontes into there at the end, and you can connect like Jane Austen to the Brontes. 
That's an idea. Mm. I was actually thinking, like, you, you know how Marvel had those feeder-in films with, like, the Thor standalone, the Captain America first Avenger, all that? If they did that for, like, the Bennett sisters... Mm. <laughs> so you get, like... What, like, Lydia and Brighton? Mary... <laughs> Lydia and Brighton, like, Mary and her piano lessons. <laughs> if only she had I want proper the Charlotte piano Lucas- lessons. Yeah, like, Charlotte Lucas, like, um, she's, like, living at the vicarage of Mr. Collins, and, like, there's this, like, farmer's wife who lives across the street, and they have a forbidden romance. That could be a movie. I love all of this. (laughs) Or, like, Lizzie Bennet, the younger years, and it's just her being, like, this completely anachronistic. It's, like, her being this anachronistic rascal as, like, a kid. Yeah, she, like, you know, walks around barefoot. Like, who would ever do that in a Pride and Prejudice movie? <laughs> and maybe, like, a pig can walk through the kitchen and we can see oh its God. testicles. Oh, my gosh. The fucking Kira Knightley version. I cannot get over it. <sighs> I had so many, like, visceral reactions watching that movie in the theater. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it was all, like, that stupid. And then you go right to, like, oh, my God, that's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, like, yep. yeah, exactly. It was a, like, yeah. oh, I hate this thing. But, like, that was shot so beautifully. Look at the cinematography and listen to the music. That's such a beautiful yeah, scene. Like, oh, Kira Knightley, you could act. Who knew? <laughs> that movie had the amazing quality of being, like, way too fast, but also feeling like it was dragging. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Because there, are a, lot of, there the- are a lot of Game of Thrones episodes like that. Yeah, I just remember the uh, swin- swing spinning scene, and I'm like, what is happening? Why? Why is this happening? But then it was, like, rushing over everything. Mm-hmm. Like, we found out about Wickham in about two minutes. Mm. Like, okay. The Wickham standalone. Wickham and Darcy, the younger years. Well, and you could do a whole thing about, like, um, uh, because you have Mansfield Park has, like, the slaves in Jamaica. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you in could Antigua, do, like... Actually. um. In Antigua, and you could do like a crossover with um, um, Jane Eyre because, like, there's that connection. Because isn't yeah. uh, Rochester's wife from Antigua? She's from Jamaica. In Jamaica, okay. You could make it work. Okay, yeah, you could totally make it work. This is a this is a cinematic universe. You can kind of fudge that a little bit, but like then, like, yeah, you could potentially like that's how you start like feed into like the Bronte. Mm. like part of the cinematic universe is you like explore a little bit more about mansfield park and then you meet mr Ro- like young mr rochester have the story yeah. about like him and his wife and then eventually Bertha. yeah so just like classic english literature cinematic universe yeah exactly female regency author by, by women yes yeah, by women female regency era cinematic universe i like this yep i, agree. I think there's a lot of potential gretchen do you have an idea um I mean, I really like the Greek mythology one, but I think I you would... Can, you can take it if you want, but... Well, I think I would go... See, I loved mythology as a kid, but I think I... I stuck a little bit longer in my Egyptian phase Ooh. than I did in my Greek mythology phase. Like, I, that's still a phase. Like, every, I feel like everyone kind of around our age kind of had, like, several different, like, phases they went through. Oh, totally. As a kid, and some of us never left certain ones, and the one that I don't think I fully ever left was the Egyptian one. That's why I have a degree in ancient Near Eastern, like text um and linguistics so i would do a like egyptian like an egypt cinematic universe that could be both about like the actual reality of or not reality but like the history of egypt but also like the gods are real Hmm. um 
So potentially have like a really almost like maybe not maybe not Xena or Hercules levels of camp. Um, but like because there's so much you can do and there's always a lot of interaction between like the gods and then like the, the pharaohs. Um, I feel like there's a lot you could explore there. Plus, it would be very rich in like people of color. It would be very like non-white focused. Um, you could bring in a lot of different like african mythologies and other cultures that would have been around during the time because you have nubia as well as egypt um and i just think it could be visually really beautiful and have some really cool special effects which we all know people like that kind of thing (laughs) um they make for really good movies so i think you could have like almost make it like a superhero style where like maybe the gods are different um like instead of being actual deities they're like superpowered human beings at some level so almost make it like a superhero style with that um i think you could do something with that like kind of a crossover between like superheroes and magic kind of at that intersection i think you could with like deities um yeah or maybe even like avatar adjacent maybe instead of going superheroes you could go like more of like a magic route like the gods are just people who have like magic powers in different areas oh i like that yeah yeah. yeah, I really like that. So, yeah, you could have, like, the origin movie for, like, Ra or um, Osiris <laughs> or – but not Gods of Egypt. That was a terrible movie. Um, no, not that like was, that. That was a horrible, horrible movie. Um, and you could cast, like, real non – you could cast, like, actual people of color instead of white people to play Egyptians because – and also the Egyptians are black because they are, actually. Historically, yes. they are black. So we'd have – Some them. of them good portion of them you just never see them on screen but not cleopatra god damn it (laughs) yeah i like that i think i think what i like about that too is that you can kind of do what you want with it more than like a greek mythology universe because those myths i feel like are better known Mm. to a western audience the characterizations are better known and mostly super sexist yeah Uh, like hera is the jealous woman right (laughs) what yeah, you the could, reason- like, subvert a lot of expectations. Well, you wouldn't have a lot of expectations to subvert, so you could kind of make it what you wanted. Exactly. Like, people have probably heard of, like, Anubis and Tarawet and stuff, but what what that actually means and how these gods might interplay off each other, I just feel like you'd have more creative freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason I had originally thought of the Greek universe is because, like, the first one could have easily been, like, you, you know, the whole thing in the Theogony where, like, uh, Uranus is, like, castrated by Cronus, and then the titans come and then yep. you know and he all throws that, like, his balls setting- into the sea and then aphrodite comes out of the foam yep yep yep, yeah. yep. <laughs> i remember um, my Greek and- mythology books when i was a kid yeah exactly but it's like that whole beginning setting it up the titans war would be like a whole mm. thing yeah that, you know, zeus getting barfed up as a baby or whatever <laughs> no zeus having the babies barfed up that's what it was yeah um, after like Cronus eats all of them well yeah, and, and zeus eats- is replaced by a stone yeah. Yes. And then raised by like the Melii on the island, and that's where Capricorn comes from because it was like a goat who like nursed him. And <laughs> um, and then, yeah, and then he like cuts yeah. Kronos' belly open or like Kronos barfs everyone up. It's so weird. It's, but the Greek like, mythology is super funny. Yes, but where would weird. you land on the does Athena come from Zeus's temple or his thigh? His temple. What do you think of Gretchen? I've temple. always. Team I've temple always, or yeah. team thigh? I'm team Thumb. Well, you I'm know, th- team Thumb. <laughs> is it? Does he? The, the one that comes from his thigh is Dionysus. Dionysus. Yep. Yeah. 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 Dionysus I said it comes both from his ways. thigh. 
No, Hera killed Dionysus's mom while she was still pregnant. So Zeus like showed up him the rest of the way in his thigh. That's yeah. what happened with Dionysus. Yeah, <laughs> Zeus showed up like as his wife was dying and like sewed the baby up in his thigh, and then that and then gestated because because you can gestate a baby in your thigh, I guess. Well, Athena came up fully formed wearing armor, so why not? Right, Athena head, was yeah. because he was worried that what's her name, Medea? Who's who's the um? She was like the original wife that he had, and he got like worried that she was gonna, I don't know, have a birth him a son that would overthrow him, just like yeah. he overthrew his father. Yeah. So he, they were like playing a game where they were shape shifting, and uh, he turned it's... into a fly, and she turned into a fly, and then he turned into a human and ate her, uh, and then that's how Athena was born. I thought oh. it was. Is it Mnemosyne? It might no, she's you know that reminds you of the sword of the stone. <laughs> oh no, Metis it might. Metis. Metis, Metis. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. he swallowed her before she could give birth to Athena. Right. Right. And okay, I hate honest, to say this, but I think we've gone a little off track. Well, okay, maybe. <laughs> I guess I guess what I was saying is I just like see so much potential like in the Greek myths because like you know, a, a Hermes standalone, it would be like he's the Loki of the universe in some oh, ways. Uh, yeah. And he's just fun because when he was like a little baby, he stole Apollo's cows and then like <laughs> yeah. gave him a liar in exchange for that and all that. He's just like clever. But at the end of the day, it is myths that we understand. And then you'd get like real history snobs in the same way that like Hercules and not Heracles for some reason, the Disney movie got so much scrutiny too uh, for like not following the myth. They kind of give nods to the trials, but yeah, it's kind of it's kind of like how like Game of Thrones season seven gives nods to the books, <laughs> right? Yeah. Exactly. Right. Um, however, the the cinematic universe I actually wanted to pitch is one that might already exist, but we don't really know. So, like, I think Disney needs more money. First of all, of course, and. I just want all the Disney princesses to be in the same universe. And there's hints that it might be that case as it is. Uh, they can have we- a party like in the Princess Diaries too. I was actually thinking like Princess Day on Adventure Time. But oh. that's fine too. That was that was the one where Bubblegum was just doing the crossword puzzle. During it. <laughs> um, but I mostly like the idea of seeing these princesses develop into their roles that they're left at at the end of movies because mm. like in Belle's case like she had just been some lady who was walking around town reading and singing and now all <laughs> of a sudden she's like you know running a castle and has subjects in this poor provincial town right right or like everybody forgot that the king existed or something right so now they've all remembered that there's a monarchy in this country it must be well he's a human again i don't know yeah um, you know, Ariel is now, like, actually living as a human. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. when we last checked in with her and how she did with that, she was combing her hair with a fucking fork. So, <laughs> is, is she doing all right now? I know. Did you and, see Little Mermaid 2? Back to the Sea? She seems to be I'm going to... This really cinematic mother. universe is, assumes that all Disney sequels didn't exist. happen. Yeah. Okay. I mean, most of them can be jettisoned anyway because they're not that good. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I'm just like really curious specifically about Elsa because she's now like a fucking queen. Yeah, and the movie ended for a while. Yeah, but the movie ends with her like actually being in command of powers. So I know that there's going to be a Frozen 2, but like, how do you even navigate that? Also, you just threw your closest trade ally out of the country. (laughs) 
So I'm just curious. I'm just curious. How how's Rapunzel doing? I actually understand Rapunzel's uh, to TV series was pretty good at exploring her duties and like trying to make her parents proud. Except didn't she have her blonde hair again? Yeah. Oh, they do that all I the think... time. They do that kind of shit all the time with the series. Don't even get me started about Cinderella. I have I have so many. It seems like such a weird. I'm weirdly right. I'm fixated on the fact that they but that Disney has totally like changed her coloring. Oh really? Yeah. Oh yeah. In the original Cinderella, she's a strawberry blonde and wears a white dress. It's like a silvery white dress. But all okay. of what? her marketing is she's blonde with a blue dress. She's blonde with a blue dress. Nope. In the original movie, she's like strawberry blonde with like a silvery white dress. She's like super blonde. Why would they change that? I have no idea. What do they have against strawberry blondes? Well, it's oh like my God. it's group. like it's like how Aurora always wears her pink dress, but like at the end of the movie, she's wearing a blue dress. She's wearing her blue dress for the majority of the time, if I recall. Yeah. Yeah. But like, the, like, but like she ends the movie, like the last thing that you see is like the, the fairies are fighting, fighting over what color her dress is going to be. And it ends up being blue. But like all of her marketing, she's wearing pink. And I think it's super weird. I wonder how she's doing as a, as a princess now. Right? Like yeah. she was not raised a princess and now she finds out she's a princess and now has to like run a kingdom and shit. I don't know. Yeah. Like she's yeah. the one who's really mad damn kingdom. Because her husband's yeah, got his own well, kingdom to run. That's true. <laughs> and she was, like, literally raised in the woods. <laughs> literally wa- raised in the woods. Let's just call it for what it is, but, like, Prince Charming does not seem like he'd be very good at, like, governance. <laughs> oh, like Cinderella's husband? Well, they have time. All the parents are already, Weren't they are both Prince Charming? No, Prince Philip is Aurora's husband. Oh, yeah. my mistake. The, Prince the Charming wonderful is Prince Philip. Um, Snow White and Cinderella are both like Prince Charming is Snow White and Cinderella. Yeah. Thank God. And they like they look thing. like weirdly the same. It's kind of weird. <laughs> I think they both have their work cut out for them is all I'm saying. <laughs> Especially Snow White, because she's been, like, doing everything to run households already. And so she's, like, she gets 14. To... She had, has yeah. no boobs yet. No. So she gets to the castle, and fucking Prince Charming is like, my face has no features. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's my cinematic universe that I want to see happen, because I think the, there's a lot of potential for buddy comedies with these princesses. Yeah. Especially especially if Merida from uh, Brave oh. is, like, in this. I so. love I know that they're yeah. like I know that part of the Wreck It Ralph marketing has been showing a lot of the Disney princesses together. And there's the memes that are coming out for them um, just Scottish Twitter taking I love uh, that so yeah, much. Yeah, it's so fucking good. It's so funny. Okay, but, yeah, anyway, moving on with our show. Fine. <laughs> we'll have to move on. That's our wish fulfillment. Tell us what you think would make the best cinematic universe. Uh, not just necessarily the best business case, but what you would like to see. And maybe it will be Jane Austen, who knows. <laughs> However, we are going to move on to our next segment, which is jettison a franchise or a piece of media off the earth and it can't be Game of Thrones. I find myself quite content with my situation, Izzy. All right, so now we're going to (laughs) just be super positive again and talk about the one piece of media, the one franchise, the one series that we wish... Do we wish it was like it would stop now and be genocid, or do we wish that it never happened? Well, I mean, how much butterfly effect do you care about in terms of messing with the past? Okay, yeah, you're right about that. Just gone. Just get rid of it. Go. Go away. I never have to see it again. Yeah. Yeah. Never have to see it again. Um, 
I am probably going to get so many people mad at me for saying this. I'm going to have a lot of people adding me, and it's fine. Go ahead. I don't care. Um, (laughs) Never check your messages anyway. Everything in Marvel except for Black Panther and maybe Thor. Maybe what Thor, about but Guardians oh, of the Galaxy. And I'm pretty sure Thor is like going away anyway. So, um, see, I like certain parts of Guardian of the Galaxy, but like, I, the only thing that I would feel necessary to preserve would be Black Panther. I could literally mm-hmm. do without anything else. Don't at me, or do at me, and I don't care. That would be <laughs> what I would do. Because, like, I'm just so like I'm just so exhausted by it at this point. Like, I'm so exhausted by Marvel. That I, I just said so much Ant-Man we did lost. like Infinity Wars. I like forgot to see it. It's not even just Infinity War. It's just there's there's so much. It's just a lot. No, I mean, I, I honestly feel fatigue with it. Right. Yeah. I agree. So, yeah. I, I'm just like, I really want, I really think that Black Panther deserves a time to shine. And I think that it should not be, part of the reason this comes from is because I'm worried that now that Black Panther's kind of crossed over with some of the other elements of the franchise that it's going to and be... And he's dead now? Spoiler well, he's, he's, he's not dead forever. Um, no, he's not. clearly coming so. back. But the problem, like, the problem I, what I worry about is now Black Panther's not going to be able to exist on its own anymore. You know the way what? the first yeah, movie could- was, that, like, any movie from now on is going to have to include one of the other Marvel superheroes, probably a white one. And I just think that that is um unnecessary and i think is only going to ruin what is already what is so good about black panther is that it exists as its own as that is its own story to tell and i want it to be able to continue telling that story so if if it being able to continue telling that story means getting rid of the rest of the mcu i would like absolutely do it blink of an eye no question you know another or snap of a finger another <laughs> um method to that aim because i've had similar thoughts where i'm not sure that things are necessarily like i don't i don't want to get rid of spider-man like it was fine it was perfectly enjoyable but i just i just wish that these could exist in a bubble from each other Mm. rather than in a cinematic universe so maybe i understand that's the point of of that but (laughs) i fucking hate crossovers i just do i'm sorry yep the only like group (sighs) It's it's difficult because there's it's it's a hard line like where do the groups make sense like Detective Comics I love the group dynamic in that I think it's great I think it's interesting I think the Bat Family thing is interesting but that's all within Gotham too you know I don't mm-hmm. really want to see crossovers with Superman and Wonder Woman because I just it just doesn't feel right mm. especially for like the kinds of stories that like Batman and Gotham characters are normally geared towards. And that's the trouble that I'm having with Marvel, aside from the fact that they're sticking like 40 million people to the point where the Infinity War poster looked like a joke uh, onto the screen together. It's just some of this doesn't fit. You know, T'Challa's story is so like his relation to Wakanda and what that position means to him and T'Chaka's legacy. And to... Like Gretchen said, like from now on, what we're going to expect, like fucking Bucky Barnes to be down there. Right. And Bucky you know? Barnes makes no sense to the story of Wakanda or T'Challa's story. No, it just becomes irrelevant. So it just becomes what T'Challa's doing based on the latest need that this overarching universe has with the certain crisis. And that's that's what irritates me about it. I just, or, or Infinity Warmer, honestly, my biggest complaint about it is that it took things every other movie set up and just kind of like, 
shit on them. Right. Like, Asgard is a people, not a place. What happened to the people? Oh, they're all dead. Right. Right. <laughs> Thor, Thor lost his eye and his hammer, and that's really meaningful because it represents, like, you know, he had to overcome, like, the loss of his perceived loss of power and self-confidence in himself. And like Peter leaving him, make him a new one. It's fine, right? Yeah, like leaving him with the visible scars of that experience is important. And then, like Infinity War is like, oh yeah, here's like have an eyeball and a new hammer. Cool. I have an eyeball in my pocket. Yeah, right. I mean, Literally. it is it is funny that like Rocket would have it. Like he would have an eyeball. <laughs> it's in his funny. Pocket, yeah, it's but funny, but it's like, yeah. And you know, I think Guardians two and what happened with gamora is probably the best instance of like now there's just all this other trauma that this team has that like they had been building towards something collectively and they're all then they all just like kind of split up for infinity war right yeah and like that's that's i think the most extreme example of it but that's why i don't like these crossovers so i think there's ways to you know if, if you wanted to just snap your fingers it all disappears besides black panther that's certainly the only franchise i really care about in in marvel right, right now but i think another solution could just be stop with the crossovers no more right get rid of get rid of it as a franchise yeah. Like, have all of these characters exist, but not feel the need to put them together in the same movie if it doesn't totally or fit or anything. Yeah, there's no requirements of that. Right. No, re- no Avengers requirements. Right. Okay, so, other people. Okay, so I would pay really good money if J.K. Rowling would just stop talking. <laughs> and if she stopped talking, like, five years ago, that would be even better. Yes. Can I do that? Can I cut it off five years ago? Yeah. That, in I that mean, case... That's absolutely fair. Everything after season 10 of The Simpsons. Just oh. no zombie Simpsons. Genesis it. Okay. Because I'm okay with that. Can every you once believe in a while, it? The like, Simpsons is still on. Every once in a while, there's like a good episode and you're like, oh yeah. But especially now with how tone deaf What's-His-Face is being about any criticism, it's like... Groaning. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, please, like, like just, just, you're obsolete. Yeah. No, stop. That's a really good point about rolling. Yeah. It just, cause like... It's kind of, like, it's the first time that that thing has happened to me where, like, something hasn't been aging well. Like, it's like, this is what it's like to be an old person, right? Mm. Because, like, right, like, my dad has all these adventure stories that he used to read, like, back in Poland when, like, sugar was rationed and things like that. And, like, I look at them now and I'm just like, do you not see how racist this all is? And he's like, mm. but I loved it so much. You know, like it taught me about the world and I had the sense of adventure. And if it wasn't for these books, I would not be the man I was today. I would still be in Poland working in a factory. You know, like, and like, but they're horribly racist. I think what bothers me about Harry Potter too is that like, okay, they're books that aren't aging well. Yeah. But if she was showing a true effort to be like reflecting, yeah. And maybe she didn't understand exactly why Dumbledore not being explicitly gay, but then confirming it later was an issue, but she was working and, you know, her later media is is like really focusing on writing that and providing positive LGBT authentic representation rather mm-hmm. than fucking Johnny Depp as kind of all the can we not have those movies? As part of that, can we... As yeah, part can, of we movie, movie, can we not have those Fantastic Beast movies? Yeah, no yeah. Fantastic Beast movies. Just Depp, Johnny Depp gets the snap. Um, but yeah, <laughs> like, I, I think if she was showing that she wrote something in the time that she wrote it, but listens and takes in feedback and is working to be better and stuff she produces afterwards are like, mm-hmm. you know, more conscientious. And she... Or like, it like, would move make- like, she tried to move on from Harry Potter for a while. 
Right. Like, it would make the I, sins of Harry Potter, yeah. which I don't think are are that absolutely horrible taking the times into account. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the times being, like, you know, 10 years ago. But, <laughs> like, I just mean in general, I think it would we would feel better about going back trying to engage with it on what she's really saying. Rather than now, it's like, I can't give you the benefit of the doubt, mm-hmm. lady, because you're just so up your ass about stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what it comes to. And it, it really is like, well, can I just please go back to separating the art from the artist? And like, no. no, she won't stop talking about how wonderful this school in America is with all its like Indian wisdom. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, that needs to go. I'm, I'm so over the, the whatever the American wizarding school is and how there's like, like one wizarding school for all of Africa. Moria, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, my yeah, yeah, God. Yeah. There's like... How many in Europe alone? Hmm. At least yeah. three. Like Eastern Europe gets one, France yeah, gets one, and Great Europe Britain gets one. Gets one. <laughs> but like all of fucking Even Africa. Great Britain having only one school is so stupid considering they have like 20 professional Quidditch teams, but whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's bad. <clears throat> Even honestly, when Pottermore first dropped, I was like, this is dumb. But it's fine. Like, <laughs> just someone shut her up. Yeah. I don't think she. I don't think she gets it. I don't think she cares. She doesn't get it. Yeah, it's your I turn, agree. Kylie. It's my turn. Uh, so I might get some ats for this. Here's the thing. I uh-huh. I want episode nine. So if I can jettison mm. it after episode nine, I'll say it. But Star Wars needs to stop. It needs to stop right now. <laughs> like, No, it's, they are just... Solo is like the worst, um, mm. I think, product of all of this. But Star Wars is just being held to this level of reverence that it it super doesn't deserve. And the movies are like taking itself so seriously about what Star Wars are, but then also completely unafraid, like completely afraid to detach themselves from that original trilogy. Yeah, like I'm afraid we're it's just gonna, getting. Yeah, I'm afraid it's yeah. going to be like Lance it's Armstrong just, coming back, right? Like, you knew he was cheating the first time, and you're just like, you know what, it's over, I'll get over it, it's fine. But then he, like, came back, and all of a sudden, like, you know, you can't ignore the fact that Lance Armstrong was a giant cheater. And it's kind of like, you know, like, there are problems with Star Wars, I knew if they were there, like, even the original trilogy isn't perfect, but it's fine. You know, like, it's over, I can deal with it, but now it's like, now we have to revisit all the bad stuff they've done before. Yeah, well, that's an aspect of it, too, and I just, I just think it's, like... The hype, the everything, the fandom surrounding mm. it, and the like vitriol, and oh. how people are like living and dying based off of the quality of these movies. It's like, I would be, it's disturbing. I would be perfectly content if after episode nine, they never made another movie again. But I got to keep getting the books and the comics. Oh, uh, yeah. And, so and just the TV the shows. Like, movie. yeah. Because like yeah. Rebels is good, it's like The Clone yeah. Wars is great. Clone like, those are good. great. The Clone Wars, like I've said before, the Clone Wars almost makes the prequels forgivable. Yeah. Like, I actually, like, have feelings about Anakin Skywalker when mm-hmm. I watch the prequels. But it's, but it's like, the reason I have feelings about him that aren't just like, oh, my God, shut up, stop being a whiner, <laughs> are because of the Clone Wars. Like, the mm-hmm. only reason that he doesn't just make me roll my eyes and want to, like, rip my hair mm-hmm. out is because the Clone Wars are that good. So if I yeah. could never have another Star Wars movie again, but I got to keep all the other stuff, like, I would be totally happy with that. Yeah. Because that's where the good I, stuff I like is. That. I think the movies are, like, fine. Yeah, I think the movies, like, are fine, too. Like, they could, but the movies are so unpredictable. Like, yeah. Yeah. Solo was, and- was awful. I think, you know, 
Though I really liked The Last Jedi a lot. I, I, mean, I, I love The Last Jedi. But like Rogue One, like they're so hit or miss that I'm like, okay, oh fine. God. You could not make another movie again. Just keep giving me good. I know you liked Rogue One, but there was, it, you can't like deny that it didn't take a lot of risks, you know? Like, no, it didn't. It's just, it's just Rogue One. And yeah. it got like murdered in editing, I think is what happened to it too. Because Disney has like such a fucking death grip on anything that could be controversial or oh, what, something. I don't know. What was it? Can called? we just Disney buying everything? Yeah. <laughs> That'd please. be nice. Um what is that what is that called? Um I th- I feel like H There are no guy girls in the commando team. <laughs> I feel like H Bomber guy was talking about it, but like that that like commitment to a specific like um presentation of a character in a specific way brand, brand integrity brand um, integrity yeah, brand yeah. Integrity. yeah. Like, yeah. Those it was Jenny Nicholson watch who was talking about that that show like went to like the points of ridiculousness like you would not believe the kinds of ridiculousness that show went to but if it wanted to it could make you cry like you've never cried before that's something like 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 you know and it's it's because you know they were willing to take those kinds of risks of like you know right just like completely changing the tone of their series every couple episodes and like when you have something that's as expansive as star wars like i don't understand why they're not willing to do that yeah i mean i will say i want the movies canceled but i do want to read D's pitches for what their trilogy was going to be just because i'm so morbidly curious that doesn't but, surprise me that you would want to read that. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't want to see them, and I don't want to have to talk about them, and I know I'm going to. So. If they end up making them. Yeah. Anyway, what would let us transition into our final segment, because that's a much more fun, happy note to end on, but we are curious, what would you just put a stop to right now? And <laughs> uh, if, if the answer is the fundamentalist, then we understand. Fair enough, <laughs> especially with me rambling on today. What the hell is that? Everyone's got to give it now. All right. So for our final segment, we are going to be talking about underutilized characters who are frontlining or giving their own spinoff. Um, and my, okay. So my, I was one who pitched this idea. And originally I was thinking like types, like character types and not a specific character. So I guess I have two answers for this. Um, originally I was like, what I think would be cool is if we had more like, middle-aged female characters who were given like action movies um in the same way that like bruce willis or like jason statham like jason statham is like 51 years old and i thought of this because he just made the meg which was by all accounts a really horrible movie (laughs) um but people will go see it because it's jason statham and i'm like i wish there were more like middle-aged women who could draw that kind of like loyalty the only one that's coming off the top of my head is Michelle Yeoh. Oh, gosh. I, yeah, I would see her in anything. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Michelle Yeoh. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah, love her. But, like, that's <laughs> that. so that's what I would do. I would put – I just want to see more, like, older women forefronted as primary characters in movies and being allowed to do the kinds of things that we see, like, older male actors doing. So that's what I would do. So underutilized characters. And specifically, one of my specific examples was, like, if we were to give a spinoff, I would watch a, like, Toph Beifong kicks everyone's asses <laughs> spinoff of Avatar The Last Airbender. Well, we kind of did get that with the other Beifongs. They were middle-aged. <laughs> right, yeah. Legend of Korra. They kicked ass. I mean, she kicked ass. She was, like, 100 years old. Yeah. And so, we learned about Toph's really bad parenting. Right. But, like, I would watch a spinoff of, like, Toph being a really bad parent and learning about mm-hmm. – and then watching all her her daughters grow up. 
you know, if you're interested in Toph spinoff material, I wrote <laughs> a fanfic that's very True. short and I think very good. It True. is very good. It's, it's about a pregnancy with Lynn and not about anyone else's pregnancy. Nope. No, not at all. <laughs> Especially not someone else on this podcast. And by the way, I have never been pregnant, so. Not, neither have I. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Toph Bay Funk spinoff. Hashtag a guy named Kanto. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of an archetype so I can go. Um, I mean, but, my first question is: other than Charlotte Lucas, other than Charlotte Lucas as an underutilized character. Well, I know. I know the characters I would pick because yeah. I already talk about. Well, them then a do lot. that, like Charlotte Lucas. I was just thinking in archetypes rather than specific. So yeah, you guys. No, that, that's why I, I was trying to have both so I could answer completely because the only archetype I want to see more of is a, like actual dutiful princess. I just want to see Ariane Martel replicated over and over. <laughs> Um, and that's, that's like, not going to be interesting for anyone. I want Ariane Martel, like, to have her own, like, epic book series. <laughs> you guys are so on brand right now. It's, I know. It's pretty great. Uh, no, no. I mean, I've, I've talked about this before with Miss Potential. We were just talking about Harry Potter, so it's on my mind. But, like, I, I don't really want anything to continue with Harry Potter. I just wish luna like yes. existed more and had been explored more because she's a really tragic character that yes. kind of was just treated as a joke for most of it yes uh i think there's a lot to explore there i would have killed to find out like how she navigates post hogwarts time as like an adult and what she's <laughs> gearing her life towards if they wanted to blow up the premise of 19 years later then i'd be okay with her and Ginny maybe having some Romantic times in the you near future. You don't know much about Ginny and Harry's marriage. Don't make assumptions. I know that she becomes a fucking sports writer. <laughs> That's interesting for Ginny, the super powerful witch. Well, yeah, sports because writer. She's the tomboy one, so she likes the sports. What's wrong with she's the writing? action girl girlfriend? Yes, she is the action girl girlfriend. No, they're they're both underutilized, but mm-hmm. I don't also want to just say it's like in service of my ship. I really do think Luna got shafted i think she is a super interesting character and how she might navigate that particular world and i would totally watch her star in anything i guess but i don't want rowling touching it so yeah it's a a little complicated otherwise yeah the charlotte lucas chronicles (laughs) yes i'm a big fan of that i'm a big fan of uh charlotte lucas having an unrequited crush on lizzie very much yeah Let's be Charlotte Lucas, one hundred percent. Yeah, oh for sure. I mean, like it's barely subtext. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Charlotte Lucas, the teen years, and then of course I need to find Charlotte Lucas navigating her marriage, where she's like, you know, we never see each other. A whole day passes. We might not be spending more than a few minutes in our. I know, but company. at the end of the novel, she's pregnant. So, uh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right, but, but then yeah, like he could tragic. like get married. He could like be married to his work, and then she could have a a female best friend. Yeah, Again. a female best friend. Yeah. Slash yeah. more than best like friend. Like in Boardwalk Empire. But then she dies. Yeah. Spoilers. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also thinking of like Princess Zelda <laughs> novels now because she was just so dutiful in Breath of the Wild. I can't get over it. <laughs> but that's okay. This goes back to the archetype. Julia, who would you front line? Other than evil sex worker of false tears. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I would frontline Kuvira, <laughs> the the Game of Thrones one, not the uh, who's like her Kuvira name Kuvira. sounds remarkably like Kuvira. It's, it's kind, it's like Kindvera. Yeah, I mean, like 
I'm serious about the whole Dornish thing. Like, I want everyone to be as obsessed with Dornish history as I am. I want, like, an entire series about Princess Maria and how she told, like, the lady with the dragon to go fuck herself. Um, Mm. And I I don't understand why everyone else isn't as fascinated by this as I am. I would love a a Nymeria. You could do, like, a whole, like, history of the Dornish and, like, start with Nymeria. Oh, man. I mean, yeah, I know she the just like lands in this wacky place and she's just like, you know what? I'm just going to take this shit over. You, you're a hot guy. You're going to help me. Right, <laughs> right. You're going to have my babies and we're going to control this shit. It'll be great. Yeah. And then when you die, I'll be sad. But then two more marriages for me. Okay. <laughs> so look, we're all super into A Song of Ice and Fire. Just very quickly as a tangential offshoot, pick one non-POV character and make it a POV, ignoring what Martin is building. Just like ignoring the, the no kings rule and all that stuff. Um, right, Lysa right. Aaron. Ignoring that, ignoring Easily that he's Lysa probably Aaron. being very oh. Lysa Aaron. That's so tragic, mm-hmm. especially during the Robert Rebellion era. Yeah, mm. she's like your go-to. Who would you pick, Gretchen? I'm trying to think who I would pick. Um, um, gosh, I'm having a hard time coming up with one. Well, I would want like a non-Westerosi point of view. Um, oh, for sure. So, you know what? I would pick. Um, Either like one of Danny's handmaids, I think would be a really, really interesting. And the reason why I say one, not not the white one. Um, sorry. Uh, I would pick one of the Dothraki handmaidens. And the reason why I like they're lumped together is because they're really not that well differentiated. I think, yeah. and that's one of and that's one of Martin's struggles. So, yeah. um, pick what like have Eerie. one of them be like yeah. So yeah, sure we have Eerie. Um, could be like a POV. That's what I would do. I would I would. Yeah, because I think having I think having a perspective on Danny that is not a male who either wants to protect her or fuck her or both, um, mm-hmm. who is also non Westerosi could be would be really fascinating. And also just giving us insight into like that other culture and perspective um, as well, because I would love to hear what like what do the Dothraki think of this like silver haired white lady coming in and like, you know what she does like what do they think of her as a person that's actually a really interesting thing because she's totally yeah. different than their culture like yeah totally yeah so yeah, yeah that's theory. a good if if Masande had been aged up like in the show i would totally pick her too mm-hmm. i don't know i think like think of like how interesting like aria's like first few chapters were because she was so young or, like, that's even true Brian. yeah like, they could definitely put like that, that can be something I, 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 I think I'm honestly just like really taken by uh, Nathalie Emanuel's portrayal of Masande. Yeah. She's one of the only characters left that I like. <laughs> right. Right. That's one like, of the actually, only like, choices I think that they made in aging up the characters that I didn't hate. Yeah. I agree with that. I mean, they did like give her a romance, but it wasn't even badly done. Yeah. So I can't be that mad about it. Right. Um, but yeah, no, I think that's that's a really good good idea i'm tra- i'm honestly drawing a blank to my own question which is really good for me I- i'm I kind of greedy right now because like griffin was mentioning while we were watching uh the season two episode five episode of game of thrones for our rewatch boy i wish that we had asha's pov instead of theon's and i was like well we get it like in a feast for curse but now i'm wishing like why couldn't we have had asha during the uh a clash of kings mm. chapters i think i would have liked to backfill that knowledge or like backfill brienne you know yes. even though it's through cat's eyes like just like also give brienne's context there or something like that i don't think i necessarily need cersei before a feast for crows i think we have just enough cersei 
Um, Mel would be yeah. interesting too. Like more from Melisandre would be really interesting in the books mm-hmm. too because she's got such a again a really unique. Yeah, her problem like, is that she knows too much though from the point of view of the narrative. But I said you could ignore that. Yeah. The thing is, like, she doesn't. Does she know too much? I mean, when you do read her POV chapter, it's just like she like doesn't say a lot of stuff because she already knows them. So why does she have to say them even internally? Mm-hmm. So it could be done, but it'd probably be exhausting for a writer. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I, but there's really no kings I think I would want to get in the head of right now. Like, I don't really care. No. I mean, like, Stannis would probably be the first choice, but I'm not, like, I wouldn't, like, be super excited about that. It'd be Stannis over Robert. I don't yeah. want to be in Robert's no, head. No, I don't. God, I didn't. Like, it would just be boobs, 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 boobs. <laughs> so. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be in Robert's head. My love for Lyanna is so pure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gross. Uh, yeah, like, yeah. Robert's Robert's head would be like watching Show Sam. Oh, it would be. Oh, my gosh. That's oh. And that brings us to Game of Thrones again, because all things bring us to Game of Thrones. All paths lead to Game of Thrones. (laughs) Any other underutilized characters, Asami Sato, that we should be giving? (laughs) uh, I'm just like, she still hasn't had like a proper plot line. Right. I feel like one thing, what thing bears saying, though, that all of us. We haven't fully acknowledged that this is what we're doing, but like we are clearly all saying that that female characters need to be given more prominence. And you their know who needs to be more prominence? Miss Lemon from the Poirot series. Ooh, I like Miss oh. Lemon. Yeah, like there is this one episode where like she and Hastings try to solve their own mystery, but they like completely screw it up. I'd like her to like not screw up one. Yeah, <laughs> and then the, she can like, have ice we cream. I wasn't doing this intentionally in any way. We all just did list women mm-hmm. because. Yep. Male characters are usually fleshed out. Right, because there aren't really a lot of, like, male-like character archetypes that I can think of, like, hey, we need more, other than, like, we need more, like, male characters who are, I think, more characters like Davos or, like, more male characters who aren't, like... Or, like, Steven Universe. Yeah. Or yeah. Tenzin. Yeah, mm-hmm. you could have, like, like subversive male life. character yeah. archetypes. But for female characters, like, we're not even at the point where we really need as many subversive ones as much as we just need more female characters. Yeah, it's like in Sensate, you don't get mad at them for frontlining Nomi really so much more than all the other characters. Because, like, it's not that there's this, like, you know, flood of trans characters with their who are, like, protagonists in a show. <laughs> like, right. you spend a lot more time with her than with a lot of the other Sensates. But that's fine. Like, you don't, you, you know, she's a very interesting character, so why not? And... It's something that a lot of yeah. people have never seen before. Yep. That's a good point. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It, I mean, I said I want more dutiful princesses. That's not essentialist for women. No. Tenzin no. is a dutiful princess. We dutiful princess. <laughs> T'Challa is a dutiful princess. Yeah. There's many dutiful princesses afoot. Yes. That are also male characters. Yep. Yep. And yeah, we just don't believe in changing but things yeah. to male pronouns. Like, no Gary Stu's here. Oh God, I hate Gary Stu. That that phrase is so annoying yeah. to me. You mean a Mary Sue who's a man? Yeah. Like I guess uh, characters. I don't know. There's slight differences in terms of how that manifests mm-hmm. when it's a male character versus a, a female character. But like, oh my God, Just call it Gary Stu. <laughs> it's so annoying. Yeah. Anyway, after that lovely tangent for no reason, uh, who is a character you would want to frontline, Asami Sato? <laughs> Uh, Charlotte Lucas. <laughs> oh man, I would. I really would. Mrs. Charlotte Jennings. <laughs> oh man. 
Oh, God. Yeah. All right. Well, we I, this will just be a shorter episode for us. I guess our fan service isn't as fun to talk about. <laughs> we should have just had another segment like fan service babysitters or whatever. <laughs> I'm sorry. That segment was the most brilliant thing we've ever done. Okay. We need more randomness. Hey, guys, if you want to pitch us segment ideas to... <laughs> We're not opposed. If they are, just be- yeah. If you've got ideas for things that you want to, us to talk about, fun segment or otherwise, yeah. Just because the stuff that like we probably could be talking about right now is like, I mean, we can talk about like purity we can, culture. We can speculate about what our favorite character's favorite CrossFit workout could be. No, except that you are the only one who would have opinions about that. <laughs> I would say burpees for all of them because that's the only CrossFit <laughs> thing that I know. I haven't told you about thrusters. Or clusters. You have told me about thrusters. Have I told you about clusters? See, cluster is like a thruster, but first you clean it. Okay, this sounds really (laughs) dirty. I haven't told you about the snatch. Or the dumbbell snatch. The snatch. Okay. Or the hang power snatch. Okay, we're going to cut this right here. (laughs) This is definitely getting into innuendo territory. Yeah, thank you guys so much for listening to us, especially if you're still listening after that. (laughs) (laughs) If you enjoyed our podcast, uh, review us on whatever app you are listening to us, or you could just rate us. That helps too. And tell your friends about us because, because that helps more than anything is word of mouth. Yep. Uh, you could also visit the to check out our lovely content as well as become a subscriber, a fundamentals plus, which makes you plus in our hearts. <laughs> uh-huh. That was beautiful. Other than that, we are going to duck on out of here. So thank you for listening. And we will talk to you next time. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. terrible kylie impersonation that was a great kylie impersonation i i know you can you do my Jon snow impersonation no i can't oh my god (laughs) (laughs) you have to be more breathy if you're gonna be Jon snow like this should i be like this (laughs) you kind of went a little bit southern there and it was funny (laughs) 